Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thanks. Meet my eyeline. Oh, that's not in this episode. The Traveling Salesman. Season 3, episode 12. Let's start over. (laughs) That way out of order. Welcome to the Off Five. Yes, thank you for welcoming to the Off Five. You. This is a podcast where we talk about the Office. Boobs. And we talk about it in order of every episode. No, we don't. Oh wait, the order of the episodes. The order of the episodes. We talk about the episodes in order, but we talk about the episodes out of order. Yes. The seasons are in order. That's right. Wait, no, we do the episodes in order too. Yeah, we do the episodes in order, but then the the pieces of the episode are out of order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is season three, episode 12. It came out on November 30th, 2006. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> what is it? What's the date? January 11th, 2007. Oh, okay. We're you only got the month, the date, and the year wrong. <laughs> but you got the general did you see how i paused after just to see what you were gonna say okay good i'm glad you're you're here to Uh, keep us on track thanks i'm glad you're here (laughs) thanks this segment is called wikipedia is the best thing ever and it goes like this in this episode the sales team goes out on sales calls with michael scott and andy bernard stanley hudson and ryan howard phyllis lappin and karen filipelli and dwight shrew and jim (laughs) halpert pairing up oh so oh let me reread that Use commas. I'm going to use the commas. I'm going to say the commas. That way it's not confusing. Michael Scott and Andy Bernard, comma, Stanley Hudson and Ryan Howard, comma, Phyllis Lappin and Karen Filippelli, comma, and Dwight Schrute and Jim Helpert pairing pairing up. up. Andy tries to show Dwight in a bad light to Michael. Um, Not a big fan of that clause. (laughs) Karen learns of Jim's previous crush on Pam Beasley. And Angela Martin forgets to hand in some important documents to New York, so her secret boyfriend, Dwight, does it for her. Okay. Secret boyfriend. I mean, uh, at this point, they are boyfriend-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Just secretly. I like to think of them as man-friend and lady-friend. I like to think of them as partners and remove the gender. I like to think of them as um, associates and remove the relationship. <laughs> That's probably what they would want you to think. Yeah. So. They just work in different departments and. They just know each other based on just seeing each other across the office and that's it. Sure. Occasionally their boots will knock. That's it. But, but that's... it's usually um, Birkenstocks. Yeah. And it's in the break room because it's so small. Exactly. Or, you know, on someone's desk. You know where. <laughs> You know where. You know where. Okay. Great Scott Productions and Trivia. Traveling Salesman was written by Michael Shore. Lee Eisenberg. And Gene Stepinski. Directed by Greg Daniels. Yep. It was The Traveling Salesman and The Return. Yeah, uh, on TV. Right. Greg Daniels directed them both. So in a way, they are connected. And then it became even more clear that they were connected because they rebroadcast Traveling Salesman with The Return as an hour-long episode on March 15th, 2007. Okay. And there were four minutes of previously unseen footage added. And this confused the hell out of us. It really did. Because on the DVD, did we watch it on the DVD or on Netflix? Both, kind of. So on the DVD, it's one episode. Mm -hmm. On Netflix, it's two episodes. And there's different... When they put it as one episode, they added four minutes of footage. But they also took out footage. Yeah, they took out like an entire storyline. Uh, they added a whole storyline and they took out something that was so important that we almost missed it. And it's important because it is um, where our namesake comes from. And we'll talk about it in another segment later. Okay. Teaser. Okay. And so Michael Shore, that's Mose, Lee Eisenberg, and Gene Stabinski work in Vance Warehouse. So you've seen all their faces. So just try to imagine Mose. Try to imagine the two guys from Vance Warehouse and then imagine them all writing together. Okay. Can you imagine that? No. But yes, if I put my mind to it. Yeah. Don't let it get too sexy. They're just, <laughs> writing. just writing. That's all they're doing. <laughs> okay, got it. I've got a good picture. And and maybe they're doing each other's hair. Because <laughs> someone's got to. Their hair is so good. All of them have really good hair. Mose, it's on his face. 
Yeah, facial hair. That's what I was going to say. That's Yeah, that's true. What's our next segment? Let's do second drink since we're both about to take sips. This is... Second drink. The segment where we talk about the drinks that we're sipping. So this is a really great whiskey. Um, you probably haven't heard of it. It's uh, Kirkland Signature. It's Kirkland Crown Royal Ripoff. It's really good. It's pretty good. Do you enjoy um, a Canadian bourbon? I enjoy well, anything Canadian these days. Yeah. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Justin Bieber. Sure. Uh, Jim Carrey and all of his films. Weird hair. Weird hair? I just feel like Canadians a lot of time have weird hair. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired from America. Your weird hair and your socialized health care. Your, get at me. <laughs> your, your tundra. <laughs> Frozen tundra. <laughs> In cool cities. Yep. Now we can talk a little bit about these deleted scenes because that's also part of Great Scott. And we've got a lot of them. Yeah, we do. So the confusing thing is on the DVD, there are deleted scenes on the menu. But the deleted scenes from the episode are part are- of the Netflix episode, right? Right. Like when Andy says Dwight is a lame dash O. Uh, and then there's one scene that I don't think is on either of them where I think Michael's saying about Toby, the wheel is spinning, but the hamster is dead. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. How's <laughs> the like, wheel spinning? Exactly. And that poor hamster, dead body, is just flopping around. It's Getting like all saying, up. Yeah, it's like saying the lights are on, but no one's home. Or... The elevator doesn't go to the top floor. Or she's, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, or um, taking the slow train from Philly. <laughs> yeah, or... Um, the, the brightest tanning bed in the salon. Not the, Yeah, or... The brightest bulb in the tanning bed. The lights are on in the tanning bed, but no one's in there getting a tan. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Andy and Michael conversation that's really funny. Like, some real really good back and forth between the two and it seems like improv yeah it's on the dvd yeah and it's like they're playing like a guessing game and michael keeps guessing wrong but andy keeps saying he got it right and it can tell it's hard for him to do it because he wants to suck up but michael is so wrong yeah so andy's face will be like all pained and he'll be like yeah right you know um so the most important deleted scene i feel like breakfast but that's the most important meal of the day. Um, Can close. we? T- let's just talk about it. In crack open a cold open. Yeah, this is what the show was named after. If you didn't know, and it's an even deeper cut than I thought. I thought it was just like a obscure reference, mm-hmm. but it's even more obscure than I thought. It is because it's not on the DVD version, or is it not on the Netflix version? It's not on the DVD version, but it's in the deleted scenes. Okay, and it is um, Harvey the computer. Michael talking to Jim, and then Jim and Pam using a text-to-voice function for some comedy. Yeah, and an interesting thing, just like a trivia fact, is that he says, me so horny, me and love you a long time. It's a quote from 40-Year-Old Virgin that he starred in, Steve Carell starred in. But it's also from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll give you that. Or like a racist type stereotype. Oh, is it? Right? I would think so. Um, Me love you long, Tim? Yeah, me lo- well, me so horny, me love you a long time. Oh, yeah, it is. It's like a, um Asian yeah. stereotype or Asian like, like... I don't know stereotypes the right word, but yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, like accent that's fake. Right. It is from Full Metal Jacket, you're right. But then he also says it in... um. 40 year old virgin oh and it's also a song by two live crew let's listen in <laughs> two let's listen in. <laughs> this is actually my ringtone on Ouch. my phone right now <laughs> well i know this song was an american dad oh really i mean two life crew was known for their offensiveness right wasn't that their big thing never heard of them from the 90s never heard of them Anyway, so if you don't recall, this is the scene where Michael calls Jim in and he starts typing in these different jokes and stuff to say to Jim. And he has his little wind up chattering teeth box taped to the computer with 
some notepads, sticky notes for it's our album art. If you don't, remember. yeah, it has a little hat on album. No, it's our podcast podcast icon. art. Um, yeah, Instagram profile pic. But I learned something new about this scene today. You did? Yeah. Today? So you know how when he says you ruined a funny joke, you get out of my office. Get I out thought of my it was. Off-fife. Oh yeah, get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the podcast. <laughs> when he says that. I always thought he was saying, you ruined a funny joke, you, like, Yeah, like, comma, you. But that's not it. He just, it was a typo. It was, it was joke with a W at the end. So the computer pronounced it as joke, you. Oh my gosh. So if you look, uh, if you look at it, W is right next to E on the keyboard. So I think he like hit both before he hit the space. So it was a joke, you. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Joke, you. Joke you. Joke you. I'm going to start saying that. Although, if you watch it with the subtitles on, it's actually spelled different. It's joke dash you. But oh. that's, not, that's not actually what it that is either. That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Interesting. Because you is nowhere near E on the keyboard or the space bar. You ruined a funny joke, you. Get out of my off five. Get out of my off five. Oh, by the way, if you're ever thinking about starting a podcast in the future, try not to name it after a typo. Because it makes it really hard to search for on Google. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. It's you have like, to no, put re. You meant the, the office. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I really didn't. I meant the off five. And it was like, all right, your funeral. And then you actually say, yeah, I did mean off five. And then it's like, oh, finally it came up after five different. Yeah. It's the fifth one down probably. Right. And then it was like, let's call Pam in. Yeah. For this. <laughs> for this. Yeah, we need her. All right, let's go on to the Finer Things Club. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I do have other deleted scenes. <laughs> okay, here they are. Uh, there's a whole plot about Pam winning an art contest. And that's probably the most significant thing. So there's a scene where Pam gets a phone call saying that she won an art contest. It was judged oh, by yeah. kids because she's not that great at art. But um, then there's a scene where she, he's talking. Then there's a scene where she's talking to Kevin about it. And she said she won some amount of money, and he just says he won some money, more money, gambling. And then she says, congratulations, and he says, thank you. Yeah. Then there's a scene where she tells Angela that she won, and Angela's really supportive because they've been talking throughout this episode because Angela's so happy that Dwight Wynn did this thing for her. And then Angela offers Pam a kitten. (laughs) And she declines. And then Angela is very upset. Yeah, because who would decline a kitten? A lot of Probably, people. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Most people. And then finally, there's the part at the end of the episode where Karen and Jim are leaving the office because Karen has heard from Phyllis that Jim used to have a thing for Pam. Um, they're about to leave. So they're walking out the door and Jim says, kind of in a weird way, says, uh, Pam, you want to go for coffee too? Even though it seems like probably shouldn't invite her and then she says i won an art contest and jim's so supportive and happy and yeah it doesn't really help the conversation he's about to go have with karen yeah but those are again in the episode on the dvd those aren't deleted scenes they're deleted on netflix yeah i mean it kind of hinders the plot on netflix to not have that yeah yeah especially between jim and karen well it's funny is that i feel like well, not funny. What's weird is that I think they would want to have that scene with Pam and Jim, but they have to cut it because they can't have nothing about the art the whole time and then Yeah, keep it out. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So because it was tied to the art plot. There's like so many things that are kind of like pieces. And if you take one of them out or if you want to leave one, you have to have all of the other ones. Yeah. It's like a chain is only as strong as the weakest length. Exactly. Link. Link. Length. Not the length. Length. The weakest length. Yeah. You are the weakest length. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Is that what it says? Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Length's Awakening. The Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Oh, I think that was a video game reference. I'm moving on from that because I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you don't know about video games? I've never played it. But you haven't heard of it? I've heard of Zelda. Cool. What if Zelda were a girl? Then I'd be more inclined to care. (laughs) <laughs> Jokes on you, because Zelda is a girl. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm sorry. Buzzinka. Buzzinka. <laughs> so yeah, 
I guess the thing that I liked most about this episode is that there's so many different dynamics that you wouldn't normally see, like the teams pairing up. Mm-hmm. You really get to see like how Karen and Phyllis are together, which in a normal setting, you know, outside of like having them being on a team together, you wouldn't get to see that. You get to see them like having makeovers and then you don't know why. And then all of a sudden it's revealed. I mean, we know kind of what Jim and Dwight's dynamic is like, but another one that's kind of um, surprising or wouldn't normally get to see is Ryan and Stanley. I'm going to disagree with you, though. Okay. Even though we know what Jim and Dwight are like at the office and we see them do a lot of that stuff in the car, it's kind of a switcheroo because we have never seen them actually be an effective sales team together, which they are. They are. And um, oh, that is really a good point. I thought you were going to disagree with me on getting to see Karen and Phyllis hanging out. And I was like, when have we ever seen that? When have we ever disagreed? (laughs) When have we ever disagreed? (laughs) But um, yeah, that's true. And we get to see like a photo of them when they were, you know, first starting out as a sales team. So you're right on that. They have that down to a science. Yeah. And actually, other than that, they did not want to be partners. They both wanted to switch. But actually... They're the only partnership that works out. Well, that's not the only one that works out. But I feel like Phyllis could have sealed that deal on her own. And yeah. Michael could have closed the deal on his own. But if it wasn't for couldn't. Andy. And Stanley could have done the deal on his own. But then Ryan ruined it. So out of the four of them, only one of them was actually a result of them having teamed up. I wonder if it just takes practice. Like they've just been on a sales team together for so long that they kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Like, I wonder if they use that routine on everyone, you know? Yeah. Or if they just are a good team and it just comes naturally. They're like hollow notes. They can't go for that normally because <laughs> no. they don't like it. <laughs> no can do. They should be teams more often because they seem to do a really good job. Yeah, although there was a slap that happened. So, And just on another trivia note, Rain Wilson um, said that that was one of the most surprising, shocking moments of filming The Office because John Krasinski actually slapped him. Wow. So, wonder, has he done that on his new Tom Clancy-inspired Amazon Prime show? Oh, called... Jack Ryan? Yeah. You think Jack um, Ryan is slapping the terrorists unexpectedly from I the mean, front? He is, he is what you would call a method actor. Mm-hmm. So, yes, probably. Yeah. And it... I think it was really surprising because I think a lot of people, when they're watching it, they would prefer that John Krasinski take them from behind. <laughs> exactly. And, then and they're the just front. not expecting it. Yeah, it's like they still like it, but just surprised. <laughs> okay, well, here's another finer thing, Club. I love when Angela is talking to Pam about this whole thing. They have a relationship that develops. And there's there's three things about that. One is when Angela is hearing about what happened with Dwight at the front desk and she's taking jelly beans while she hears it. Oh yeah. And then she's so happy, but then she just leaves the jelly beans on Pam's desk and says, I don't want these because <laughs> <laughs> she was just doing it to like background act kind of to have like a reason to be up there. Yeah. And I think that was improv. Uh, I also like when she's trying to tell the story to Pam, she changes the names so that Pam won't know, but she changes them to Noel and Kurt, which are the middle names. Yeah. It's, so is that Angela's middle name? Yeah. I was originally, I think I'd heard that, but before I, I thought it was just because she likes Christmas so much. Oh, no, I think that's her real middle name. And then Kurt, obviously. Okay, Dwight K. Schrute. Um, And then lastly is when Pam goes to Angela and says, you seem so happy. I bet you wish you could always be like this. <laughs> And Angela does not catch that as an insult at all. She's just so happy. Yeah. I know. It is interesting to see Angela so happy from just that one thing. Um, I also really liked when Dwight is kind of trying to defend what he did by taking the papers up to New York and defending it to Michael. And then Michael says, why do you lie, liar? And Dwight says, I'm not a liar. And then Andy says, it sure seems like he's lying. And then Dwight says, stay out of this, you. (laughs) That's one of my favorite lines. Stay out of this, you. Yeah, I love that. And then I, I love when Michael says, I want you to think about your future at this company. I want you to think about it long and hard 
<laughs> he says, that's what she said. And he's, Not now. <laughs> don't you dare. Yeah, don't you dare. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, that's all I have for finer things. Um, I, I wanted to mention because I don't know when it goes away, but Homer Simpson is still up there. Oh, in the office? I thought I always remembered that as just being like the first season or something. But that stuffed Homer Simpson is still in the office, even though he's a Fox property. Where is he? He's just uh, kind of near the front. Oh, okay. You didn't see him? I didn't see him, but I will take a look next time. You've never seen him? I I don't like The Simpsons, so I never like if I see see it. No, even if I see it, I block it out of my. You ever seen the show? No. Maybe you have, and you just didn't. You forgot. (laughs) You couldn't recognize the character. How do you know? When you came in here, you said I would be conducting this interview. (laughs) I have one final thing. I, this wasn't my finer thing before because it's only on that Netflix version. Yeah. It's when Pam answers the phone, as she always does. Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. She's getting the call about the art thing. So what she says is, Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. This is Pam. <laughs> <laughs> like That's how, really cute. How checked out she is. Yeah. It's like when you're like in a phone conversation at work and you accidentally say love you or something at the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, love you. <laughs> All right. Love you. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Nice uh, doing business. With I was you. talking to someone else. <laughs> yes, talking to. Well, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no. Have you ever done that? Like, accidentally said something. Like, you got into like autopilot mode. Yeah, I always like my brain automatically goes to like my last place of work because we used to answer the phone all the time. So now at my new, new-ish job, like a year later, yeah. I still like when I answer the phone, I'm like, "Where are you, Addy? Don't say that you're at your old job. Don't say you're at Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I totally know how that goes. Also, people in customer service get into such an autopilot. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Did you find everything today? Yeah. Or they'll be like, what's going on? You know, how's your day? And I'll be like, it's fine. How are you? And they'll be like, I'm fine. And then they'll be like, oh, so how's your day going? And I'll be like, fine. How are you? And they'll be like, I'm fine. (laughs) And then usually just twice, but. We'll see how yeah. far you can push it. If you like, keep asking them how they are, will they keep saying the same thing? <laughs> Except for when you're at Trader Joe's, then you're like forced to be in this like engaged. You're like, okay, dude, like I don't want to know everything about you, and you don't have to know everything about me. Just say you're fine, okay? Let's move on. I think they have a Rolodex of conversation topics. <laughs> no, yeah. they're just people at Trader Joe's are so genuine. Yeah, I actually used to work at Trader Joe's, so I can't like say that. That's why you're so genuine. Exactly. I learned it from Trader Joe's. I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How <laughs> are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> let's um, do Kevin's chilies. Yeah, let's do it. Why the hell not? Um, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory was mentioned. It's actually based on a book called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's correct. Um, cool. Amazing Race was was also mentioned. Um when michael's trying to sabotage the other teams but it's not actually like the amazing race because it's not a race and it's yeah it's not on cbs exactly and they're not racing yeah it's amazing race and what about the song oompa loompa doompa dee doop that's from a movie called willy wonka and the chocolate factory it's actually based on a book called charlie and the chocolate factory i'm fine how are you good great how are you and there's another song called Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. It's the one that Dwight is jamming out to in his car. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Did and you see The Dirt on Netflix? No. <laughs> Sorry. I did. Um, But yeah, Jim is surprised that Dwight is still doing that. It works though, you know? Gets them all pumped up, ready to get slapped. It kickstarts his heart. No doubt about it. I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, And then also Andy mentions that he um worked at abercrombie mm-hmm. which yeah. is not surprising oh did he work at fitch too just abercrombie before it was abercrombie and fitch and what about the chrysler sebring one heck of a motor carriage <laughs> <laughs> i think car is short for carriage have we talked about that no oh my gosh i never thought about that so it was motor carriage and then they shortened it to motor car and then they shortened it to car mo car and then it was just mo. Yeah, and then and then mm. That's why we always like get get the mm. <laughs> and then there's a reference to a food or drink. Um, is it uh, 
tarty sauce. Oh. It's tartar sauce. I personally eat it as a food. I don't drink it. Do you ever like you get those bowls with the straw built in so that you can just like finish your tartar sauce after you're done (sighs) dipping your your fish and chips in it? Your Long John Silver's (laughs) fish sticks. Yeah, a little bit of uh, balsamic vinegar. Wait, not balsamic. What do you put on there? Is that what it is? It's um, what's the malt vinegar? Malt vinegar. Yeah. Do you ever drink a forty of malt vinegar? Ew, no. What about malt liquor? Yes. Cool. Me too. Not the vinegar. Taped to my hand. What about fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch? So Angela's hair is always so intricate. Have you mm. noticed that? Like it's always braided and looks really kind of like an American girl doll. Do you think Dwight braids her? Ooh, maybe. That'd be kind of cute. He knows all the knots. He, there's no knot he can't untie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or tie in a woman's hair. Well, don't believe everything you hear. There are many knots he cannot untie, and including this one he accidentally just did in your braid. <laughs> um, but in this episode, it's specifically like a kind of star knot kind of situation, like curls that are in a bun, like a star. Wow, that is intricate. Yeah. It's like a fractal. Yeah, it's like very symmetrical. Anyway, look up a picture. It looks like a like a like a snow angel a snow angela (laughs) what did you have for fashion show andy's wearing one of those stupid paracord bracelets oh yeah with like his suit it looks so bad for survival those were really popular around that time Mm -hmm. i have one do you wear it just in case you might need a rope yep but you know i like it so much that i could never cut it open even if in an emergency situation i'd I mean, rather that's, die that's the thing is like would you give up style to save yourself you just make it out of french fries that way you have something to eat yeah that would be better or french smarties fries. yeah yeah or maybe like some beef jerky around your wrist i don't like beef jerky Blech. you don't what about turkey jerky what about pork jerky no what about fruit jerky i like fruit leather it's the same thing it's, then yes. It's jerked. <laughs> I like jerk chicken. Is that the same origin? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> and let's do, we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this unless you have any more fashion. Well, I mean, just Karen and Phyllis's makeover. Oh my God. How do we not mention those? Yeah. Lots of blush. They look awful. Yeah, they really do. Is there, I've perused Pornhub. I haven't seen anyone look like that. <laughs> There's no tags for what they look like. Yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense that Phyllis wouldn't tell Karen what the end goal was, Mm -hmm. you know, like to just be like, okay, now we're going to do this. It does kind of. Yeah. I mean, it gives the audience suspense, but. I mean, maybe she knew it was going to be for the sale. Yeah. But they don't show that either because I think it's funnier to not see it. But like to be like, oh, we're going to go to makeover. Oh, and. We're just going to, I'm going to tell them what to do and you're not going to have anything to say about it. Yeah. Just for whatever. And then she makes her pay for it later too. Yeah. When she, at the same time that she tells her that Jim had something for Pam. Double whammy. Yikes. Uh, Well, now we're getting into Double jeopardy. We'll be fine. (laughs) We're fine. Yeah. Um, But now we're getting into something called, we got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this. This is a segment where we talk about the documentary stuff. Um, so I have a big one. Okay, go for it. Um, because this is an episode where so many characters are, are out and about. Mm-hmm. First off, guessing there's four cameramen. Right. It's a big yeah, team because they're also at the office. Yeah. So f- at least five. Yeah. That's a ton. But also, some of the cars have all of the cars have at least one cameraman with them yeah. because they all show them go in. To the different places. Yeah. But other ones also have cameras on the dashboard. That, that is yeah. like noticeably lower quality film. Like it's yes. all grainy and pixelated. Yeah. That is exactly. That was actually the only thing I had down for this yeah. category. Um, It reminds me of like one of the Sonic commercials. The dash cam, you know, and they're like sitting in the car. They've been doing um, this for like 15 years now. Those, those ads. Yeah. Well, and it is noticeably different quality of um, film than the rest of it. So I wonder what that choice was about. 
I guess it is to kind of give it that documentary feel or like what else the they do on the go like you know kind of amazing race type feel you know well the way they usually film those in movies is super fake like they're yeah. usually pulling a car with a camera crew on the car in front of it yeah oh, okay and like zoomed in you know mm-hmm. so that's really fake the only other way that they do it and they do it like this sometimes is where there's a camera in the back seat like pointing at the people yeah. in the front seat but you don't get as much of their faces in those cases. Right, and a lot of these interactions are based on like facial expressions, mm-hmm. especially between Dwight and Michael. I feel like they were just like to Steve Carell Andy and, and Michael or Dwight. Oh, and I'm sorry, yeah. Um Andy and Michael. Yeah, mostly them. Yeah. And actually there's like kind of like a zoom that happens too. In some cases it feels like there's two cameras on the dash because it goes back and forth between their faces, but it also changed how zoomed in it is. Which really raises some questions because you don't see a camera and maybe they're hiding behind the seat or something. I didn't look that closely, but like, how would they know when to zoom? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were just like in filming it, they were like, all right, um, Michael and Andy, just go out and drive for like two hours and then we'll go over the footage because I'm sure you guys can come up with some good stuff. <laughs> Improv it, like, you know. And they did and they added, they ended up putting a lot of it in the deleted scenes, but. Oh, the filmmakers. Yeah. I was like the documentary crew's like, do some improv while you're in the car today, okay? <laughs> I mean, there's such a fine line, you know? And like something like this makes you really think about what is the choice? Like why would the filmmakers make that choice to have such a lower quality? You know, I get mm-hmm. the dash cam thing, but... Well, sometimes it's to make it even more secretive. Like in my favorite documentary, Dig, about the Brian Johnston massacre and the Danny Warhols, some of the footage is in black and white, but I think it's because she has a camera built into her hat. Oh. And so she can like go to their parties and stuff because she's already signed releases. Yeah. So they'll like do drugs and, you know, be like a little bit more open. Yeah. But you can tell like they're not looking at the camera in those scenes. So they're less aware that they're being filmed. So, so they might be so even it, more open. It seems more secretive. Well, more secretive, but if you're doing a documentary, and you get a you say like we're gonna film you here's a release we can use anything we film right mm-hmm. and then people just assume that when you're filming is when they see a camera oh but you could film see. them other time the release doesn't say only when like you're not signing a release for every time they filmed you so you're they signing just a release in general candid, at the end. more candid than normal yeah because it's possible you didn't know that anyone was filming during those times and then later on they're like here sign a release and you're like sure because you you're thinking. What did I say on camera? Ah, that stuff was all fine. You might have said other stuff when you were like mic'd up or on a secret camera. And now that stuff is released as well because you're not in charge of editing it. You don't get to see what they edit, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, we solved that problem. One more thing, though. Um, there's glare on the windshield when Stanley's in the car. I think it's when he's laughing at Ryan. So that would imply that that camera is outside of the car. Oh. Because you're seeing on the windshield. Man, you really picked up on it. Thank you. Uh, another one is when Dwight is in the car rocking out, Jim yeah. stares right at the camera while he's just waiting. Yeah. So, you know. That's the, a good. The cameraman's with him. That's, that's a, a good, good look. moment. Yeah. And then uh, there's a cameraman zooming in on Angela and then focusing on something. Uh, I wrote that in my notes. So it must have happened. But I'll Oh, probably... is it when she's talking? Oh. I bet it's when they're talking about where Dwight was and, she, you know, she's kind of in the background. Like, mm-hmm. what's her expression going to be about this? Right. Where they're kind of showing the audience something. Yeah. But those are also good because if it was a documentary, you wouldn't know exactly where the camera was focusing and what it's choosing to show the audience. Right. You would, Otherwise, you know, if you could see something like that, if the if the camera didn't have zoom, someone was like going over and filming someone particular's face while having that conversation, maybe like, well, what are they filming? Yeah. Oh, interesting point. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's um, take a short break and then we'll come back after these messages to talk about about the characters. Okay. What's the short break? I'm going to get some whiskey. But also, ZipRecruiter.com. It's the <laughs> fastest and easiest way to hire. You know, Blue Apron. 90% of uh, applicants, 90% of customers get a qualified applicant within the first 48 hours. So <laughs> go, to, go to ZipRecruiter. Tell them that we told you. And you'll get 40% off of your next You'll get a hundred percent off your next episode of the Alpha. You can have the rest of my one. Oh, okay. Let me just have one. <laughs> the Kirkland is so good. Wait, what's the first one? 
<laughs> but, was, but I wasn't getting any. The, the characters. Here we go. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around through that break. Unless you're getting the ad-free version, which means you're a Patreon supporter, and we thank you for that. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go into a segment called Do You Think the World is Crawling with Phyllis's? Where we talk about the characters of The Office. Of The Office? The Off Five. Oh. Um, I think that Addie did a really good job in this episode. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think Nathan did an all right job. Especially in the segment about YouTube. Fine. How are you? <laughs> Great. Great. Um. So what about Ryan? Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. I'll take the kid. He was second choice after pass. Yeah. Uh. Let's just talk about Ryan. Oh, let's talk about our characters in pairs. How about that? So Stanley just throws Ryan under the bus. Yeah, he totally he, does. He doesn't care about his commission on the sale. No. He'd rather see Ryan suffer. But he, and he's not even really watching because he's looking at his crossword puzzle. <laughs> but he's cracking up on the way home. <laughs> That's what my three-year-old niece says. Hi. 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 So the joke is that the business they go to is all... Um, Black men. It's, it's all Jim Blackman. It's all men of color. Right. And, and one might think that a man the same age they're all like they get there they're all you know black men around stanley's age seems like they have a really good rapport they're so excited to see stanley and then stanley just goes all right here's this here's this little white dork have fun and then i'm just gonna do my crossword puzzle and also he says he's gonna do a pitch for you yeah which is really not setting him up for success not at all and ryan is intimidated you know i think this is part of the beginning of fueling Ryan's like need to kind of prove himself in a way that gets him into trouble. Hmm. Prove himself so much that he ends up cheating to like overcompensate. Because he could never make a sale. He could never be anything like and he looks at his coworkers as such losers. Like he never really looks at them as like people that might have some good advice for him. Mm-hmm. He feels already feels superior but then when they kind of put him in a situation like this then he feels that he's gonna have to you know cheat the system in some way to get ahead that's a good point this is the second sales call we've seen him go on uh the first one being with dwight yeah where he ends up in the field of manure and he's being motivated in this one he's like what if i take the lead on this one and that's when stanley's trying yeah yeah good luck it is yeah, really interesting that Stanley would just do that. Stanley was just going to do the pass, or just Stanley was just going to pass on a co-salesman and just go do it on his own, and then presumably make a, you know, commission on this. Yeah. Instead, he's like more than happy to not get the commission. Yeah. <laughs> Losing um, these clients, he seems to have like a rapport with. He probably gets business from them every year. Yeah, but he probably maybe he went back and said, "Hey, like that was just a joke, like." Just give us the sale. Oh, maybe. Um, cause yeah, I've never seen him laugh like this. I don't think we ever get to see him laugh like this again. <sighs> I also like when Ryan says about Dwight, he will be missed, not by me so much. Like when Dwight says that he's leaving, mm-hmm. resigning from his position. Yeah. So I guess it didn't work out that they became best friends. No. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. That was Ryan. a long time ago, huh? Yeah, that was a long time ago. So the other team that we have is, do you want to talk about Karen and Phyllis? I do. Okay. But actually, I want you to talk about them. Okay, I'll try. Because it's two women, and I don't feel like I'm qualified. <laughs> um. So this is kind of, I mean, we kind of talked about the makeover aspect and like how that corresponds to making the sale and how that was kind of a, you know, surprise for Karen. But I think the main reason that they put Karen and Phyllis together was to further the um storyline of Jim and Pam mm-hmm. and Karen. Um so Phyllis kind of offhandedly mentions that she's glad that Karen is in town to be with Jim because he was so hung up on Pam for so long. This is the first that Karen is hearing of it, which is pretty honestly pretty shitty on Jim's part. 
Yeah, she doesn't seem very happy to hear that. No. And there's actually, I think, an earlier scene where they're going there before where I think Karen's talking about how Jim's so hot. Oh, yeah. But you mean one of Phyllis the is TV... talking about? Oh, right. Phyllis. Phyllis is talking about, yeah. And Karen just looks really uncomfortable. She doesn't like that either. No, she doesn't. Because <laughs> there's no pleasing some people. Yeah. <laughs> Can't talk is. about how their boyfriend's hot. Can't talk about how he's in love with someone else. Yeah, Karen's kind of hard to get along with, I guess. Yeah, but just ask Jim. She, she cuts off the interaction between Jim and Pam too at the end when Jim um is I think it's when he's trying to praise Pam for getting the award. Mm-hmm. Karen's like, okay, let's go. Yeah, and that's the other deleted one. Yeah, or is it so, weird? Like deleted slash not? It's the other DVD episode. Yeah, uh, clip. So you know, you do what you can. Yeah, well, I think you're right. That is the main reason for doing that. And it also shows Phyllis has like a set of skills. It's weird. It's kind of like a an alternate take on the like sexing yourself up to make a sale because they're like kind of sexing themselves down. That just happens to be what this guy's wife looks like. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, you kind of do when you're in a sales situation, want to tailor your personality to mesh with that other person but Mm -hmm. when it comes to your physical appearance it's a little bit different you're like trudging trudging treading treading different waters trudging (laughs) treading water is when you're swimming in place you're entering different waters you're entering a different arena okay yeah you know the physical appearance aspect of it Mm -hmm. because that's not a good way to decide where to get your paper from yeah, so he needs to check his morals. Yeah, but it's, he's not hitting on them. No, it just makes him feel like maybe he just at loves home. his wife so much that when he sees people look like his wife, he loves them too. Kind of. Yeah, it would be like because no one looks like that in in today's America. Yes. Yeah, well, Obama's America. Yeah. Well. Yeah, the post Obama era. Yeah, that has all been stamped out. And in the Obama era, and also in the pre Obama era. <laughs> when this took place the bush era yeah yeah i mean that's a weird technique uh but over in michael and andy land is kind of trying the same thing michael's doing you know dressing the company down so that they can appeal to this person who likes fishing and small businesses you know yeah and um andy totally shroots it shrewded it yeah he has a talent i mean this is a self proclaimed talent of slowly and painfully wearing someone down yeah yeah even with women <laughs> that's really yikes yeah okay. that's a horrible character trait to have that is and to announce yeah it i love when he he calls michael phd doctor of sales oh no but he's basically just making fun of dwight the whole time and getting increasingly frustrated because michael is not picking up on any of his like more subtle things yeah and he also mentions some previous things with between Dwight and Michael to kind of bring up some feelings in Michael. And he's leading him on so much, like feeding him the information. But then Michael says, you were remembering it wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember what it was about. I think because I think when he was saying, did you betray Dwight? Oh, yeah. Because you remember. He's it. kind of being like a reverse counselor. Like, yeah, he's, he's hearing his thoughts and then amping up the emotion and then feeding him back to him instead of de-escalating or whatever he's like helping him she's trying to help him see a truth it's like the opposite of motivational interviewing exactly yeah uh and that's their whole relationship and andy gets it was andy's idea this whole episode andy uh made the idea for the traveling salesman he picked michael not sure why michael's going at all but uh he wanted to be with he just wanted to brown nose and get rid of dwight yeah and i guess it works but michael to switch gears shows his uh you know sales techniques that we haven't seen in a while yeah michael would have just nailed this sale he on totally would have yeah and it's it's weird how rarely they give you that they give it to you in just enough doses for you to know that he's not completely stupid yeah, or like why he got the job. Yeah, but he like has a different kind of persona when Witness he's doing sale. it. Yeah, and like I 
personally thought in the client and Chili's that that could have gone wrong because I yeah. don't feel I felt like even though it clicked with Tim Meadows character that he wasn't reading him. He yeah. just came in and his personality happened to work really well with him. But in this case, he's clearly reading him, you know? Yeah, he's a lot more intuitive than we give him credit, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising that he's not so mad at Andy. I would kind of be, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be kind of annoyed. I mean, he, he he did seem annoyed, but maybe more than annoyed. Oh, yeah. I think uh, that's who Andy was calling a lame dash o, the the client. Oh. And that part was also cut out of the DVD one. But yeah, when it goes to that, and then it's a little bit ambiguous. Do you think, question, do you think he screwed up that sale on purpose so we could make the Dwight thing? No, I just think that he's that bad. I you think he might have screwed up on purpose. I can see where that could be kind of ambiguous. I don't think he would have, but the way that the show is, it's like he does that and then he immediately it doesn't seem like he's like trying to salvage it. It's like that was the whole point. It doesn't seem like he's trying to salvage it and he shows no remorse for screwing it up. He says, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I shrewded it, you know." Yeah. But wouldn't it be put you more in the boss's favor to not show yourself as having no sales instincts at all? I mean, he's just got such a backwards idea of what it means to yeah. win someone's approval. Well, we hear and of that a... stems from his father issues. Yeah, we hear of Andy's family's boat. Oh yeah, which foreshadowing. Yep, sniped it from the crow's nest. <laughs> uh oh. Um, and then last but not least, we've got Michael and Jim. I mean, I'm sorry, Jim and Dwight in a team. Hmm. I think we've talked about them a lot. Like, you get to see them bickering the whole time, like an old married couple. But then you also get to see something you've never seen before, which is them actually working together as a sales team. Although I do have a little bit of an issue with their technique. So it works, but Dwight's thing where he borrows the phone rudely, calls one of the major suppliers, he doesn't say who, Yeah. uh, and leaves it on hold the whole time without any without any proof that that's what he's doing. And then when Jim calls Kelly, she answers right away, which to me seems kind of lucky because they only have one customer service person. Yeah, and, well, I mean, he's calling from his cell phone. I don't know. Yeah. But then, like, but it's cool is that Kelly doesn't know it's him. So then she's like, oh, my God, Jim. And then he just hangs up on her, which is hilarious. But, like, I don't really know. It feels like you could contrive that just as well, if not better than how that would probably work out most of the time yeah why you wouldn't suspect that and he's like oh man we've been on hold this whole time and then with you know but we never heard a recording or anything that showed that it was another company yeah then he's like well here's dunner mifflin and he calls and it's like they would know who it was but also you could just have that like just be like hey kelly don't take any calls for this 15 minute period and then answer right away and pretend you don't know it's us yeah and he's like all right i'm convinced I'd be really worried, especially if I told someone later. Seems manipulative. Yeah. If I said later, oh, man, but they came in and they did this thing and I was that person's friend, I'd be like, okay, but was that real? Like, is that it? I mean... They came in and said, our prices aren't as good, but check out this stunt with the phone call and then they bought it. I mean, but at the same time, Jim and Dwight do seem like they know what they're doing. They put time and effort into this, whatever you want to call it, like routine and at the end of the day, does it really matter if you spend $20 more on paper? I don't know. I don't know what the margin is, but... Yeah. Tell my daughter she's not getting Princess Unicorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it just... It seems, like, kind of trivial to this, you know, a small business manager. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, okay, yeah. You guys put in the effort, whatever. Like, I don't even care if that's not real. Yeah. Like, I'll buy your paper. <laughs> Please so- get out of my office. <laughs> Here's the Get client. on my off five, you. Yeah, yeah, you ruined a funny joke. Joke you. Joke you. So here's the clients. Um, African-American, serious, middle-aged men. Guy who likes people with per- bad makeup and perms. Uh, kind of like down-home... Bro fisherman. Well, like folksy, like... Yeah. Low, low, you know. Low-key. Low-key guy. And pragmatic guy who cares about prices, but at the end of the day, would also care about customer service. And each 
whether or not they succeeded was whether or not they tailored their approach to Stanley and Ryan. No. Andy and Michael. No. Well, Andy didn't. <laughs> Michael did. And then the other two worked because they, they read their client. Yeah. So that's really what it's all about. Which is it why is. salespeople suck. It doesn't matter. Dunner Mifflin is the same crappy company. Just regardless of what makeup you're wearing, whether or not the rep that went out is black, and whether or not person talks more about whether or not they fished with their yeah. stepdad or with their crows and whether or not they pulled the stunt with a phone it's all just a bunch of bullshit like the the company is not that good or it is good but either way these salespeople. i think what you're what you're hinting at here is one of the core reasons why i really like the office because like all these people have personalities they have stories they have dynamics and they're doing a shitty job that they have to do because they need to get by or they're stuck in like for whatever reason mental health issues that mm-hmm. some of them have um you know you know they're stuck in this dead end job where they have to make do and they have to do the work to pay the bills so like it gives you it like i guess just gives you a human approach to the inner workings of shitty capitalism yeah in a way that like makes you feel like you're not alone in having to be a brick in the wall yeah all in all yeah i mean just like pf said yep mr floyd mr floyd said i mean i think that's true but also i've talked before about how i just don't like salesmen i don't think it's a good position and i think this is all a bunch of crap i'd rather be the customer service person really doing it or working in the warehouse or working in accounting like there's all these real jobs the salesman is just dressing up this terrible company to appeal to people that it's in their best interest for it to not actually go with them you know they should go with staples or go with prince paper Dunder Mifflin's the worst. It's like, yeah. it's, it's on the stock exchange. It's got huge corporate greed. It's, you know, got terrible management. And yet they're still trying to like get the down home people and like the, all this, you know, I feel like the middle ground, which is Dunder Mifflin is like the worst. Go with the huge company that yeah. can offer like rock bottom discounts. prices. Yeah. yeah. Or go with the like really local company that you're helping like a regular person. But, but going to Dunder Mifflin why... is the worst company you could go with. But that's why Dunder Mifflin like why the show is so good because it's like the middle of the road company i mean you know you i don't know but i guess just what i it's the chilies of yeah exactly it's the chilies it's the chilies you know it satisfies everyone i just wanted to say a few more things about the characters because we went through the pairs um dwight has two pagers doesn't take vacations never gets sick and doesn't celebrate any major holidays which i feel like would be awkward around christmas with noel yeah and but he also does not fear the unknown no and he hugs jim yeah really really nice it is really sweet it's undercut with a joke but um we all shall fall yeah same way michael gets manipulated by andy but he says he looks really sad when dwight's quitting yeah like he he didn't expect that you'd think that he'd realize that there's something else going on besides him just being late but yeah and so angela screwed up these tax return things and kevin knows it is a big deal which is kind of cool to see that it's also is it a big deal is it (laughs) i love how he's like smart enough to know it's a big deal but not smart enough to get what angela's doing (laughs) yeah he doesn't do you really not know (laughs) because it is a big deal but i think that's all the characters i think the only thing left to do is give awards yeah i was hoping to die right here at my podcasting desk but i guess we could just give these rewards and we all shall fall go into the great unknown <laughs> all right uh i what do you i think? will miss some of you and those of you i won't forget soon yeah <laughs> i don't really feel like anyone deserved a dundee you know even though he gets a bad ending i i kind of want to go with dwight he saved the company by going there he was it the right thing to do? But I don't know. He did not save himself. He like sacrificed himself for Angela. True. He did the sale. And, and he did. Yeah, he did the noble thing. And, and he made a great. That's what she said, Joe, which yeah. he doesn't usually and do. And he had a, some pretty good lines. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like kind of in his element, doing everything right, being really selfless is the word I want to use for him. So I, I I appreciate Dwight in this episode. And like I just that when he gives the hug to Jim, Jim and yeah. like to leave a company that he hopes he would die at, you know, for someone else. Hmm. He's still doing great laundry for Michael. I know. That was a callback to an earlier episode. That's nice. I always love when that happens. Are you, is your I just hesitation can't... about that because he doesn't, because he shouldn't be doing all that for Angela? Yeah, and I just feel like I don't know that it's necessarily selfish or selfless. I think that he just feels backed into a corner. Mm. Um, well, I guess you could give it to Andy for successfully manipulating his way into a. <laughs> well, I did want to point out that I think Jim is the murderer mm. in a segment that we don't do very often called "You Never Expect You're the Murderer." Right. Because so in this episode, I'm not giving out a dunny, but I'm going to call out the murderer. It's Jim. Jim. Because um, when Karen, even when, okay, so first he doesn't say anything about Pam, having a thing with Pam. Mm -hmm. Second, when Karen asks him, did you have a thing for Pam? He says, no. Did she say something? Why? Did she say something? Oh my God, Jim. Jim, 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 Jim. That's a bad one. Yeah. So I will, um, I'm going to take away one of the dundies that I gave Jim. In a previous episode. Wow, it's unprecedented. <laughs> I can do that. You're going to go to his uh, dumpster where he threw them away? I'm pretty sure he has them on his like his fireplace. Yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't want to look at him. Get a <laughs> well, big head. wherever they are, one of them has been revoked. Doesn't want to get cocky. It's like when someone, get, when someone gets their Olympic medal revoked for doing steroids. A real Lance Halpert. Exactly. Yeah. Um... And then the rating. Okay. So the rating, we're going to count down, and we're not going to say it until we're finished counting down. Which is three, two, one. Wait, don't say it yet. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. We're going to say, we're just going to say th- three, three, two, one, yeah. go, and then say it, or three, two, one, say it. We don't ever say go. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> also, can you go over the rating again? Okay. <laughs> Seven out of seven is absolutely I do. Six out of seven is uh, pretzel day. Five is beach day. Four is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Three is a little stitious. Two is garbage the cat. And one is this just stinks. Okay. Um, it's between two. Um, but I think right, I know. I got it. Okay. Three. Three. Two. two one. one. Alfredo's, Alfredo's Pizza, Pizza Cafe. Cafe. Yes. Yeah. Nice. We yeah. never not disagree. Yeah. We never have a disagreement. No. We don't ever have a conflict that we need to resolve. And if we do, it's always a win-win-win. Win. <laughs> win. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, cool. I mean, I was thinking about giving it a three, honestly, but I'm going to save those for later. Three? Yeah. It was a good episode, but it wasn't a gr- I mean, isn't this interesting, though, that the episode where our namesake comes from is from a deleted scene of the episode and we only give it four out of seven. Yeah, so we almost mentioned this, but we watched it on the DVD, which we normally do. And a lot of times when we do these episodes, I watch them multiple times throughout the week on Netflix because I watch them while I'm like making breakfast or something. But we only watched it once because we're watching it on the DVD. We almost missed the opening We almost did, yeah. Thanks to Brienne, who was like, wait a second... Isn't there a deleted scene or something? Well, and it was throwing me off when we were watching the DVD. I'm like, wait, I haven't seen this scene that many. T- like, I'm sure I've seen all those scenes before, but I hadn't seen those scenes in a long time. Those aren't the scenes I was expecting. Yeah. And there were other scenes that were missing. Yeah. And then we like got to the bottom with it because we have phones. But um, but yeah, we we could have missed the off. I, I still love that opening credit. It's so good. It's one of the best cold opens. And there's a really great deleted scene. Uh. This one actually is a deleted scene. It's at the end uh, where Michael gives like a really sincere speech about Dwight being like a great worker. He says that um, when you sell a blank piece of paper, it can become anything. And Dwight has like a thousand sheets of blank paper right now. That's what he's got because he's got a million opportunities to to go out and everything. And then he sits back and And it it says boobs. And it's really funny because Michael looks like mad. Like he's like, oh, it ruined his moment. It's like the only time Michael's ever made a sincere speech without messing it up. 
And it's the only time when he's not the one saying boobs. But he did. He typed it earlier. <laughs> it's still his bad joke. Oh, man. I thought it was a really great ending. It obviously doesn't work. It doesn't work on the DVD because it doesn't work. It doesn't work on Netflix because the episode's too short. Yeah, because they didn't have that cold open. Well, that's saying it didn't work on DVD because oh. it didn't have the cold open. So it's not a callback. Yeah. It's just all kinds of messed up. If you're going to release the DVD, put all the, all the segments in. Exactly. Because you're already doing you it. Have you have a DVD. To... Like, it has room on it. And the weird thing is the DVD one almost doesn't really have a cold open. It just starts with the plot. I, I don't get it. But anyway, um, we agreed on the uh, seg- uh, the rating, which is what that was about. Yeah, that was it. Okay. So why don't you go to the Finer Things Club on Facebook? It's our Join listener the group. club. And then please rate us and review us on iTunes because I keep checking every day and no one has since March. Yeah, I cry one tear every day that no one's reviewed and I filled them into a vial and I'm using it in place of soy sauce. (laughs) And it's great. Okay, well, he can also just buy some at Costco, some soy sauce. But not some tears. Yeah, but I'm just saying that like if they did a review, you could stop crying and then, you know. Well... I guess so, but it would cost me not very much money because the cost goes great prices, but I can get a great <laughs> oh. quantity for a great price. Oh, man. Okay. And, and send then us an also, email, too. Yeah, send us an email. And like us on Instagram because sometimes we do post on there. Yeah, not that often, but... Sometimes. You know, every time we get one, it'll be like a gift from... The heavens. Yep. Okay. Boobs. <laughs> you ruined a funny episode, you. <laughs> no, you can never ruin it with boobs. <sighs> It's a hard way. Yeah, it was. Why was it so hard? Wait. So, I wrote down Kanye West isn't that special. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh, you go. <laughs> well, I wrote Ryan talking about being taken out. What does that mean? <laughs> this is why we should do notes the same day as the episode. <laughs> oh, no. What could that be? Dwight and Jim talking about Karen and Angela. Oh, okay. 